0: You're listening to CTE Experience. Experience. Career Technical Education. Welcome to the CTE Experience podcast, giving you insight into the world of career technical education and connecting you with tips from industry professionals in digital media, audio video production, and more. Listen up. You don't want to miss this. In our 11th episode, Colin, the CEO of Eight Zero, provides insights into the world of AI and how it's impacting the graphic design industry. Explore the potential of AI to revolutionize traditional design tasks and the opportunities it presents for graphic designers. Make sure you remember to make real-world connections at the Career and Technical Education Experience. Save your seat, register now for an early bird discount at the thecteexperience.com. And of course, you'll get tips on how to empower yourself in education. Let's get into it. Welcome to the CTE experience. Super excited about today's episode. Today we have Colin Chaco on the line with us. And what's so great about this, he's an industry board co-chair for Arts, A V Technology, Communications for ASI in the great district. And of course, he is the CEO of 8-0. 8-0. He's gonna talk to us about branding and the schematics of career technical education as it evolves for our 21st century education. So let's get into it. Colin, thank you for joining me today.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: I know you really, really have a lot of expertise in brand development, but I just wanted you to share a little bit about you. Like, let's talk about what made Colin get into the industry of digital media overall.
1: So I really like, uh, I'm an artist at heart and uh you know i uh used to do when i was younger uh when i say younger i'm talking about like way younger uh, i used to illustrate and do a traditional hand-drawn animation and that kind of evolved into you know digital media because you know nowadays you know especially in our area in dc you know there's not really a traditional animation style there's more like graphic design and digital arts so that's kind of what i got into I've been doing that for the last 20 years my why is to see a client's face light up when they see a finished product. That's my why. You know, to see their their smile on their faces. To see them just breathe a sigh of relief because I just solve their problems.
0: You know what's great about this? You literally say a sigh of relief because you solve their problems. Please elaborate on that because this is digital media we're talking about. This is art we're talking about. Let's connect on how you solve problems through, through your craft.
1: One of the things I tell my clients is that my job is to make your life easier. Right? Just what I tell them. And um, so digital media and, you know, visual communication are, it's expressive. You know, a lot of people, that's how we communicate with each other, through a visual lens. It's like you, when you go to the store, you know, you'll see a favorite pair of shoes, you know. You're going to buy it based on not always a price, but how it looks on your feet, you know. Or like a, a, your favorite necklace or a favorite dress, you know. You're gonna buy it based on what it looks on your body, how it rep- how it best represents your body. If it's a pair of earrings, does it shine? How does it look on you? You know. So in my opinion, I feel like art is the best way of expression and you know, communicating and basically showing people what they want to see and how they want to see it. What does it make them feel inside? once to see that piece come to life and you know, bringing their vision to life as well. You know. I take what's in your head and put it on paper and make it look way better than you ever imagined.
0: What skill do you think you're using that's allowing you to tap in to really supporting other people's vision?
1: At this point in my life, um, it used to be just the skill set of art, but now it's really communication, you know, talking to people, getting ideas during discovery, seeing what they want. Cause a lot of it has to do with like, okay, what are you saying that I'm not hearing? You know what I mean? And vice versa. You know, what am I saying that they're not hearing? And, you know, bringing those languages together, and then you represent that in a finished product. You know, I like to tell people, when when you're talking to a client, you have to visualize and you got to listen for what they're not telling you. That's where the problem lies. Once you solve that part, everything else is easier. You know, so nowadays with digital media and the skill set, it's it's about listening too. it's all about listening
0: this is great this is great information i'm thinking what do you think is the most important about leveraging your talents in digital media to secure a client like what do you think is a first step for like a freelance artist or someone that really is trying to get clientele but they didn't necessarily brand themselves
1: so i would say the first thing you want to do is get known right? Well, one, you have to have the skill. That's, that's what, that's it. Number two, you definitely have to have the raw skill to, to execute the job. But the main thing is, is also is branding yourself, putting out content. Cause if no one knows you exist, how can they find you? So what first thing I would do for someone who's a freelancer, get on IG, get on Twitter, get on LinkedIn. I, I prefer LinkedIn because that's where most of the professionals are. All businesses are on LinkedIn and you know, IG as well. But put yourself out there, create content, talk about what you know how to do, and also talk about trends, you know, do in-depth analysis on other brands to see, you know, what they're doing and you know, just kind of put the content out there because there's someone out there who doesn't know what you know. And even though someone could consider themselves a novice, there's always someone under you. So for example, let's say it's a cost student who wants to start a business. Whether they're in college or let's say they're out of school, you know, they graduated or even, you know, someone who didn't go to college, there's going to be someone behind you in years who wants to get where you are. So there's always going to be a student of someone, like for example, let's say a person's in college, that person who wants to learn from you may be in high school, they may be in middle school. That's who your content's going to resonate with. And there's also going to be someone who's in the same position as you who wants to learn. I'm a firm believer, and experience doesn't have an age on it. You know what I mean? So once you get out of school, and that's and I say that to say, after a certain point in your life, let's say 14, 15, then you, you you do have something to offer the world, because there are kids out there now who are on IG, YouTubers, they're sharing their knowledge, and they haven't even hit 18 yet. You know what I mean? So for me, it's all about information and knowledge transfer.
0: Woo. Please repeat the last part you just said again, so they can write this down.
1: It's okay. Okay. What I was saying was the information is knowledge transfer. You're transferring it from you to the person under you, and they're going to do the same thing. It's and It's a repetitive cycle. Most people, unfortunately, think they have nothing to teach. That's not true. Because the information is the same. You're just teaching it from from another perspective
0: is knowledge transfer I love that I love that I love that being a teaching for over 12 years it's great to actually hear how you know industry professionals are engaging young people and most recently uh, you had the opportunity to serve as a panelist, a judge for Jackson Reed High School Graphic Design Expo so can you share a little bit about how that went?
1: Girl them kids blew me away (laughs) oh my god the, um, well, for one, I want to shout out, I want to, I want to uh, give a shout out to their professor. And unfortunately, I forgot the, the brother's name. Um, and uh, actually, it's two of them. And they are, uh, I know they, and they could teach me a thing or two because, you know, they were, we had a, chan- a chance to talk after the panel. But the kids were exceptional. Um, my God, the stuff I saw them do with apps and everything, you know, and uh, yeah, I would definitely hire them too because this is what I mean when I say, information knowledge transfer, uh, the professor used his knowledge of art, but applied it in a 2023 digital age format for the kids to understand. And these, to me, these kids, they literally shot out nothing but masterpieces in my opinion. You know, they had a, they had to showcase and, uh, a perfume app. And then it was a, one of them did like a vegetable, uh, recipe app, which was really interesting. And then they also had to do a, um, I believe it was another app, but it had to do with the school and, uh, I was blown away by their level of skill and talent. And, um, I would, you know, for me that, like I said, the information they received, they took it and they tweaked it into what they use, what they could use it for. And there's someone out there. And these are just high school kids. Now imagine if those high school kids were to go teach a bunch of middle school kids what they do. All they do is taking the information that they learned and it transferring down all the way down and it goes down from there. I mean, I can even go as, as far as elementary school kids learning from middle school kids. And that's all it is. You know, it's taking information that's been either put in a book or online and it's been it's been taught, you know, generation after generation, but in a different format. But it's, but it's updated for, you know, this time our timeline in 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 the space of time. So in this case, it'll be this century. Fifty years from now, it'll be the same information, but it'll be taught differently because of the because of the advancement and technology that'll have would would have been made at that point.
0: So you said something really key here. You said, look, once you have these skills and you acquire the skills, then you can teach someone else it's like each one teach one so when you think about the workforce and the workforce that these young people are getting into what types of jobs do you foresee that they may actually obtain based on the skill set that that you were able to see
1: so we are we're on a we're in the AI revolution right now um as you know you know uh AI now is basically being used in the workforce it's still still new but it's going to take over probably in the next two two to five years or sooner. You know, my advice for the young kids now would be to learn AI because most of the jobs that an AI can do is going to be used, but their benefit would be to learn how to prompt those AIs and use it to their advantage to better do their jobs. Because a lot, even like for me, doing graphic design, that's not going to happen in the next two years. Because, you know, if an AI can do my job, I'm useless at that point you know and so with the kids i would definitely say they should definitely you know enhance their skills and learn ai learn how it could better make them a better designer or a better you know um, automated handler cuz that way if you know how to prompt that thing it will be easier for them and they can learn it now cuz it's open source you can go you could download it you can start re- playing with it and see how good it
0: is you said something key you said in the beginning of this interview That is important to listen, right? It's important to listen to the client. And then you also identified an area where, Hey, AI may technically be able to do the graphic, the the AI may be in a position to do the graphic design tasks. Do you think that graphic designers may become obsolete to the extent that they won't necessarily be useful as much because of AI? Or do you believe that maybe the skill that requires one to listen to the client to really gauge their vision, it will still be needed?
1: AI will definitely take over graphic design as other industries such as transportation, things like that. Uh, but the core skill will be listening to what the client wants and mastering the use of AI in the job force. when If the kids today can master AI, they're, they're never going to become obsolete in the creative field because AI now still needs prompting. You still got to tell it what to do. So, you know, in this case, listening is essential because when those when those employers, you know, put out job descriptions in the future, let's say next two, three years, and it has in there need to know AI technology, you know, blah, blah, blah. Then again, what are, you, what are people listening for? What are the kids listening in? You got to listeners to know what they want and then also build on that skill set now ai is in the dawn right now but in the next two or three years or even sooner it's going to be very it's going to be part of our life look at alexa you know what i'm saying like everybody uses alexa now you know and so to me the key skill to retaining employment in the future is going to be listening to what the what the client wants and or the employer and leveraging ai to the best of its ability and become indispensable as a person and 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 you know maintain a skill set to where they'll never be able to, you know, they'll never be going on employment.
0: Thank you for sharing that information because I think a lot of educators and those that are in schools, they are not necessarily very much interested in young people learning AI. Some of them may feel that it's not ethical to work with ai but again you said it clearly look it requires some prompting and skills is not just something that's regurgitating um information on its own so it definitely requires a different skill level we're gonna definitely dive in a little bit more go just take a quick little break if you're listening to the cte experience with colin ceo of azero All right, so it's time for AV Exemplar. Super excited about this because I really made it as a fun project to demonstrate how to create your own music and your own beats. I just wanted to show and teach. Others, hey, you know, you can do it too. Just sit back, put together a plan, put together your marketing concept. I made a music video to AV Exemplar as well. That's coming soon, but check this out. AV Exemplar is available on iTunes. Let's go. The hits just keep on coming. Sometimes you just got to look in the mirror and just start talking to yourself, right? Good girl, you could be a model. Make them all turn heads, tell them who to follow. how to do this with a hundred percent sugar rush juicy box juices well back to school done ran out of time fast track my music career like amazon prime and i'm so glad you had time to get in line and i will be clear like every time yeah i'm scrupulous and contend tactics i do change the game when i done change my apparatus energize the body got you all jumping like rabbits open to the idea of signing keep my own cabbage yeah i need that publishing something about it gotta have it retirement for time spent yo i gotta live lavish yo i love myself spurred Chef cook, official C class, history books, rich the swag. That's why they don't give a second look. Uh. wanna be stars, but all you watch is power. Uh. Industry ain't changed, still paying by the hour. And you can't earn a living just playing with flour. Unless you a baker's man. Hospitality, cake towers, CTE, You guessed it, I'm AV. Music in your ear from A to C, I could rearrange the alphabet, little O P. But I didn't invent the remix, but I'm official messy. Yeah, I done did it, now the ball on you. Maximize the moment, go ahead, the court on you.
2: Building a successful business or company requires not only a lot of dedication and hard work, but a strategy or model you can follow using it as a guide to achieve your business goals. But, you don't just need any kind of strategy or model, you need a unique one. Something proven that'll stand out and beat competition. And you need to work with one using the right tools. That's why we provide you with CDMA Business Model Toolkit. CDMA Toolkit helps provide business owners with quick solutions and solid information that'll help them build their business successfully. With it, they can easily manage their time effectively using proven solutions to grow their business and change their lives. So looking for a business model that'll help you build your brand successfully in just one month or less? Get started with CDMA Toolkit instantly using our jumpstart, limited edition, or full access plans. For more information, check out our website at cdmabusinessmodel.com. CDMA Business Model Traffic Safety Program features Youth Traffic Safety Town Hall, which highlights the global importance of Vision Zero from young people throughout the world. Recently, Youth Traffic Safety Town Hall featured a Garfield Elementary Enrollment Fair in addition to art workshops, a photo booth, dance performances, and so much more. The goal is to creatively engage the transportation industry through photography, music, fashion, and entrepreneurship. We do this by bridging the alliance between corporate America and youth while working with the community, local businesses, schools, and parents to inform the general public about traffic safety. Thank you for your support. We look forward to partnering with you. Please learn more at cdmabusinessmodel.com.
0: You're listening to... If you like what you're listening to... Click, Korea like, subscribe, share, season. or support the show. Just click the link below. Thanks for tuning in. Tell a friend. I am Shanette and this is the CTE Experience. Welcome back to the CTE Experience. I am Shanette. I'm here with Colin from Eight Zero. He is the CEO and he is working diligently to make sure that young people are encouraged to stay ahead of the race as it pertains to the latest technology tools. We were just discussing AI and one thing's for certain is AI is growing and like you said it's open source. I was wondering how do you feel about possibly developing and furthering soft skills as a way to really help young people maximize how they use their brand in the workforce?
1: Soft skills is important, that's how we grew up. You, you What do you do? You learn how to communicate, you learn how to listen. Those are two core soft skills anybody, everyone needs to learn Especially young people, because I promise you they're going to need it in the future. 20 years from now, I'll be retired. You'll be retired. But guess what? The kids will be, some of them depend, let's say high school, they'll be in their mid thirties, you know, college age will be in their forties and little kids will be in their mid twenties, starting their, their first career. You know, um, when we, when we have children, and you know even as kids what are the two main skills you're taught when you're coming up listen and communicate that's it they master that then they'll be okay you know and then also because remember when you get a job or you when you or you land the first client not only do you have to listen to what the client wants but you also have to communicate back to them your understanding and comprehension of what it is they're asking for and that that's what co- that's what's good for a uh, good, a good long-term um, professional relationship.
0: So it sounds like even though AI may be a tool that's going to support through resources and being able to apply different areas within the workspace, it's still just as important to have those great skills that are soft skills that would develop and the innate ability to be able to connect with your audience. So now this is, One of those questions that's mainly for those that are like, hey, I love what I do in graphic design. I don't know if I want to go to college for it. I kind of just want to, you know, not go to college. I want to probably just use what I have and keep it moving. Uh, what, What would you say to those that really are not, is just not sure about going to college and building upon those skills, but think they're ready to make it happen now?
1: So, for those who don't want to go to college, and, you know, FYI, parents, don't kill me. It's just my opinion. I'm not telling your kids what to do. If a person doesn't want to go to college, for me, you better have a plan. That's all I'm going to say about that on that subject. But in terms of the actual, because college isn't for everyone. It really isn't. However, the way around that is to build up your soft skills and your core skills in order to be be able to either start a business or freelance. It really is for people who want to do the entrepreneurial route. It really is for people who want to go the entrepreneurial route because all college teaches you is how to get a degree and also listen. Then you get you know some, you know, you get graded on your ability to listen and comprehend and then basically pass a test. You know, there's a lot and I'm not saying college is bad because the benefit of college and this is where it really will help is building out your network, you know, because you never know who's gonna become the next CEO. You never know who you're gonna meet in college is gonna help you in, along your journey, whether it's personal or professional. Some people I know, they've met their spouses in college. Some people I know, they met their next boss in college. You never know. I will say, college is very important for the networking side of this, which that's very key. But for for a person who doesn't want to go to college, but you also want to network, build an online community. Go on YouTube, go on Insta, you know, um, go on LinkedIn. Build your, your community audience and teach them what they may not know. You know, network like that. I know people who've never gone to college who are making six figures. You know, so it's not for everybody, but... For a person who doesn't want to go to school, there will be need, they, there will need to be a plan in place in order for them to be able to, you know live their life and, and, and do well for themselves. It's not impossible. I mean, a lot of people have gone to college and you know, I'm sorry, a lot of people have gone have not gone to co- I'm sorry <clears throat> a lot of people have not gone to college and been successful in their life. But that really depends on how determined you are to succeed because everyone's born with the same potential, but not the same determination.
0: That's important too. When we talk about determination, uh, you've traveled the world, right? Where are you originally from?
1: Uh, Cameroon, I'm from Cameroon.
0: Can you talk a little bit about the international market for the industry that you're in? It is
1: difficult because it really is a who you know, and it's kind of like that here too, but internationally, you know, I'm trying to pierce it, you know, I'm almost there, but um, it really is about who you know, and you also have to know what kind of market you want to deal with, you know, whether it's the European market, Asian market, the African market, South American market, or even the Canadian market. But all that is networking as well, you know, going to conferences on international level, meeting up with people, you know, finding out, hey, what kind of clients do I want to work with and what problems do they have? What are they One their pain points, but that does, you would have a person would have to travel in order to find that out. It's not something you could do like behind a computer. And that's the other thing about, you know, networking is you really have to put yourself out there, uh, and not be afraid to go shake hands and say, Hey, my name is so-and-so and that applies here too. So for everyone out there who wants to be an entrepreneur, you really have to get out there and show the world who you are and introduce yourself.
0: See, see, that's really tough for some, right? Like, especially in another country, or if they're not familiar with the territory and they have a a desire to really connect with their audiences. And it's it's funny, like, wow, I'm th- I'm thinking about someone that, for example, may have been in Cameroon and they legitimately was trying to make a real-world connection, wouldn't it be a preference for them to possibly speak in their language?
1: Of course. Of course. I mean, my first language is French, but what I would say to that would be, this is why social media is important. You know, when I was younger, we didn't no social media. They didn't exist, you know, and so now... As an entrepreneur, you could touch anyone in the world Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. There's so many platforms net that were, that's why I was saying earlier, you could build a community. That's how you would touch people overseas. And, you know, you got influencers, brand influencers, you know. So nowadays, young people, the ones who are, let's say, 30 and under, well, let's say 25 and under, you start, if they start building their brand now online, by the time they're in their, let's say, 30s, if they've built up enough audience, you know enough. Uh, what's it called? Determination uh, in their soul, and also caught the attention of a brand. Then you know that's a way of working with for a brand internationally, you know, without having absolutely have to have gone in and out. And if they do do it initially, you do have to go meet people face to face. But if you build up the brand through social media or your brand or even talk about their brand, uh, then you know that's another way of reaching the international community without necessarily having been there. Because online, the thing about influencers and even just people who want to teach or people who want to build their brand, there's someone out there who wants to be like you. There's someone out there who your journey, everything you've been through, they've gone through it. And they're looking at, at, well, how can I become like that person? And that's what building an audience is all about. It's relating to people who have taken your journey that you may not know and because they see themselves in you, they'll follow you.
0: So with this advice that you just gave, I'm going to legitimately try to work on my professional relationship building. All right. So I'm going to speak to you in French as long as I possibly can hold this conversation. I'm going to start off with, uh, welcome to the CT experience. Uh, Je m'appelle Chanette. Comment s'appelle tu?
1: Je m'appelle Connor. Merci, Chanette, de ma Wall Street podcast.
0: Merci, merci. Je vous de la
1: it's okay i got you well
0: okay well i didn't last that long it's okay i tried no i i think i love this because like sometimes people don't realize the, the the power of just putting in the effort to really really try you know and people at the end of the day people do like doing business with people they they know and they like nobody likes to go into a store and they're being rude they don't care how bad they want to purchase that product they will walk all the way out and someone might say, I say see you play. And they'll be like, no, I'm out of here. I, I appreciate the, the expertise, Colin. Um, I'm gonna ask you to give hmm, three golden rules for surviving in this industry. Just three golden rules to help someone stay encouraged.
1: The first rule I will give is what do you want your life to look like at fifty and above and work backwards? Because no one ever thinks about their future. People always think about the here and now, but you got to plan ahead. You got to say, okay, at 50 years old or even 40, you know, if you're under 30, you want to look at 50. If you're over 30, you want to look at 60 because 60 is the retirement age. What do you want your retirement age to look like? What kind of life do you want to live? Where in the world do you want to live? You may not want to live here. You may been, hey, I've, I've always wanted to live in Africa or Asia or Europe. And plan backwards. Second rule is always listen. Listening to me is one of the most basic skills that we as human beings have. is the first thing we do when we're born. Everything in, in centers around listening and executing. That's that's my rule number two. And rule number three would be, let me think about this one, girl. <laughs> um, okay, I got it. Rule number three. Just do what you love for a career. There's nothing worse than working in a career you do not like or going to college, you know, getting a degree you're not going to use. So my third rule would be do what you want to do, what you love to do. You know, that that would be my my third. and uh, That's probably the most important rule because, again, you know, we're all here because we want to do what we're going to do and take risks. Do what you love and take risks. That's my third rule.
0: Those are great tips. That first one was, Oh, wow. It was just a big wow. Um, I hope you guys are writing this down. Colin from eight zero, the CEO of 8-0 is giving you some great information to not only stay afloat in this industry, but more importantly, keep yourself ahead of the race. The reason
1: why I encourage young people to start their own business is because, you know, our forefathers, they went work, they put in their 30 years, got the Rolex watch at the end of it. And so for me, I think it's important for young folks to start their own business because who wants to work for somebody else? Do you really want to be clocking in two weeks? You get two weeks. Well, now it's like a month vacation now. But do you really want to be working for somebody else? Let me rephrase that. Do you really want to be working for someone else on making them, you know, wealthy and enabling them to feed their family when you can do it yourself? You know? That retirement, you know, all that 401k, that's for folks who are basically building someone else's dreams because they, they owe you that, you know? But if you're an entrepreneur and you're working your own, you're on your own, you're not going to need that because if you're making, if once once you hit 60, got a couple million in the bank, you're not going to spend that in 20, 30 years and so when you're 90, unless you spend lavishly, you know? And also... Set yourself up. Look at the Rockefellers. Look at the Hiltons. Look at the Trumps. You know, Donald Trump. His dad started the business. He didn't. You know, Rockefeller. Same thing. The Hiltons. You know, all those families who are very wealthy. Someone started it, which is the super great, super, super, super granddaddy somewhere or grandma. You know, Madam C.J. Walker. She built her business. You know, they they built upon. You know, the the. They're the ones who started what later became all the stuff that we see now. And the kids just took it over. You know what I mean? So for me, like I see in your situation, I see your daughter taking it over and moving it forward. I have a client of mine who her mom started a business in 1980. And she took it over and, and like literally quadrupled the revenue. Now, that's what I'm talking about. You take your mom's business or your dad's business and you you, you move it if that's what you want to do. Because some kids don't want to do that, but if that's not the case, it's okay. But then, you know, you gotta you gotta figure out what your dream is and that's achievable. You know, I always look at do that in high school. What do you want to do? And then have a plan if you don't wanna to go to college.
0: You know, I was thinking about something you said when you talk about clients, like how do you get clients? What type of clients do you have?
1: Before a person started they they have to have a mentor. You have to have somebody who's in the who's in the situation you want to be in and study under them. I would never recommend a person coming out of college or even in college now it's very rare because it depends what kind of business you're in if you're in the tech field you don't really need to have a mentor well you kind of do but you know you also want to know you know you got to know what you're doing too that's where those those other skills come in know exactly what's gonna what's gonna happen and then you know you build your team around that I always advise people to get a mentor and it's preferably someone where who, who is where you want to be. And for me, that was my dad. And you know, when when once you do that, because you gotta learn somewhere. But it's not just learning, you also have to apply. Because learning without that application, that's just a dream at that point. And I also think I also have to look at accountability. Tell somebody, hey, this is what I'm doing and actually put it out there in the world. Like I said, when I came up in the 90s, we didn't have social media, you know, that didn't hit until I was at Howard. But so before that, which was back in the 2000s, early 2000s, you know, our accountability was the person who's sharing, you know, our friends, family members. But now your accountability can be your whole audience online and they'll hold you to it. They'll say, okay, what are you doing now? But, you know, to me... I think people definitely need to get a mentor to learn from. And then, you know, just like I said before, you got to really think about what you want to do in life because you only have one and you only have fine amount of years. And it's not like, you know, you have a book that says, here's the day you're going to lead this earth. So for me, the reason why I say that is because I'm a firm believer in, you know, just build your dream, live it, and then, you know, teach somebody else. Because in the world, there's 7 billion people in the world. I promise you out there, if someone who who looks at you and say i want to be like you shanette and you know what they are going to do online they going to reach out and then they are going to be your biggest fan your advocate and they'll say i want to learn from you and you never know one day they might decide and it could be it could be a kid down the street it could be your daughter it could be a little girl anybody a little boy who's like Oh, i want to do what she's doing it could be the kids at you know the high school who you know were we're, were mentoring and coaching they can say i want to build something like you like what you got And you know what? That's going to be the person who's going to be under your wing. They're going to be learning from you. They're going to be, hey, every conference you put on, they'll show up. And you'll know who that is. And then you're going to become their mentor. And then they're going to be all happy when you meet you in person.
0: That made me smile because I always wanted a mentor growing up. And I didn't necessarily have one. I had a lot of professors. I had a lot of great people around me. Honestly, I understand why my journey was the way it is because I am the CEO of an experiential learning company. So if I had a mentor, I don't know, I would say how well-versed I would have been because we literally operate in six different industries at minimum. And a lot of it is because I experienced those industries. I've had a lot of jobs. I worked the racetrack i've worked for the radio station i've worked in restaurants i've worked so to be doing cte career technical education and to talk about audio video production but also understand the idea of how to handle hospitality and i don't know how that would have worked out but i know i would have been a little more stronger in different areas though as it pertains to just the idea of knowing i had someone there to support so it's nice that you say that because it, it starts with you. It starts with knowing and being self-aware as to who's around you and what you would like to become and having that foresight. What would you say was your aha moment that said, okay, I'm at Howard now, but I see myself owning my own business. Uh, it was your father or it was something else that just went off and, and, and you just decided to pivot. It was my dad. um,
1: Well, he pushed me. He was like, you know, you can either build your dream or someone else's, you know, and that, and I was kind of upset that I got fired from uh, an agency four months after I started. So I said to myself, this can't be all that life brings. And I said to my dad, well, you know, what was it for you? He was like, his thing, when my dad started his business, his aha moment was he didn't want to work for someone else. He felt like after he finished his master's degree in um, electrical engineering, you know, and he's a very, very skilled, um, you know, he knows how to talk really well, very convincing too. So he said, you know, I want to be able to provide for my family without having to listen to somebody else, you know, and how, you know, over me and I, I I get it. I was upset back then. It was just 2003 and I'm like, you got to be kidding me because, you know, my whole thing was, you know, I felt like if I, if my dad can do, I could do it too. And he was right about it. He's like, look, you know, you're either going to do it or you won't. But he was said, I hope that, you know, everything you learn coming up, I hope that's something you think about. Because I, when we were coming up, if we had issues, I didn't know about them. You know how here, I mean, of course, you know, I grew up in Africa, but here, you know, unfortunately, a lot of kids get to see their parents when they're not doing too well. Um, I believe in hiding things from your kids, especially when they're younger, because you don't need to see all that. But some kids are like, you know, we we like, You know, some kids will say we grew up struggling, you know, if my dad struggled, you know, with family and all that, I didn't know about it because the outward appearance of what he showed, you know, it wasn't until I was older that I learned about a lot of the struggles he had, you know, uh, which he overcame, but, you know, it's part of the journey, you're not going to win them all, you know. So for me, the way I look at it is when it comes to kids, you know, again, like I said, they really just have to figure out what they want to do. Um, and, and and the biggest part of support from the parents. I can't stress enough how important that is because, you know, a lot of parents, you know, they, they really should support the kid now. And even if it's it could be the, the most outrageous thing, you know, because to me, a skill is a skill, whether you're a rapper, a singer, or you know how to use robotics, you're good at, you know, cooking, you know, because all people, to me, the people who do well in life, the people who take what they know how to do and just... Use it to their advantage and they, and they learn how to monetize that skill. You take what you know how to do and you monetize it. That's exactly what you did. You are a teacher at heart. You said, you know what? I'm going to create a business model that works for me. And now look what happened. You're no longer working in the academia public service. You're, but you know, you are, but you're doing it in a different scenario. You're doing it under your business and not for a school system. But to get clients, you also had to learn. You had to learn in the school system. Okay, here's what the kids are not learning, and that's what you offer. And then, then that's how you're able to capitalize on your business and grow it because you identify the gaps and where there's missing missing parts, and now you're able to plug those gaps and plug in create a connection. Because only thing clients want to know is how can you solve my problem? That's it. And the bigger the problem dollar mouth is going to be on that. but as as a as a startup, if if a person wants to start in this business, they do have to have a core skill that there's something they're really good at. and they also have to learn how to listen. and they have to have, again, a mentor, somebody. and again, mentorship now is different than what it looked like when we were little. when we were little, you literally were sitting in front of them learning what they got to do. Now it could be online.
0: What you're saying is really about perspectives, you know, because you do only have one life to live. And I always tell students, clients, those that I may be facilitating a professional development session with, I'm always saying, you know, your time is priceless. And the moment you get to a space where you recognize that you can't be sold or bought it's like a freedom that comes over you with your decision making, where you start to effectively make decisions based on, you know, what you're good at, what you're what, what what makes you smile, what what you enjoy, right? And then when you do it so repetitively, you you become even better and better, and it becomes a part of your brand when you start to share it. I think we don't take enough time to really give ourselves time. We have to be patient with ourselves. We have to be patient with our Selves, so, especially when you're in a service-based industry, because you can get into the regimen of constantly servicing that you do it at the expense of yourself. And again, we're still not even talking about time. We have this this construct that we have to break from the abyss of uncertainties, the ideologies of what the workforce was presented to us as, you know, go to school to then go to college, then get a job to pay for college but there's other ways and almost for many, it was it was not good to talk about the other ways. How long have you been in your entrepreneurial space? I know it's been quite some time, but in the space where you've seen the clientele that you, you wanted to see, where you felt like, okay, the company is growing, I'm starting to feel solid.
1: So I failed and I'm not embarrassed to talk about this. I failed in my business twice before I got it right. You know, the first time, uh, my ex and I started it, but we didn't know what we were doing, you know, so that didn't work out. The second time around, I was going after the wrong client. That didn't work out either. The third time is when I got it right, when I identified the right client that I needed to deal with that were easy. Well, it wasn't easy, but still, you know, you, you, you got to know who your target audience is and who you can serve. It's just not going to be a headache. And for me, that was government. And also um client businesses that made at least 10 to 20 million because you really do have to know what they need to have in terms of you know getting to where you want to go financially you got to find clients who can afford it but that those first two losses is what you know basically got me thinking okay at this point if i do it a third time then i'm failing but i'm not a quitter you know what i mean it was just to me it was a learning lesson so, you know, the first two times I failed, I was young back then, and I didn't know about half the stuff I know now. Um, and also, the other thing I did was I got a lot of education. So, um, and I don't mean like back to school, I took courses, I attended conferences, anybody online that I wanted to, to be like, build my business like, I was on their, their platforms looking at how they do things. If they had ebooks, I would buy and read. Um, part of my education was a, a lot of reading. You know, I bought books about professional development, how to scale a business, how to marketing plan 101. You know, I mean, I got a lot of books in my library, but a lot of it was educating myself on, okay, there's someone out there who's done this before. There's someone out there who has failed, but they've they've found success after failing a lot. Who are they? What kind of benefits do they have? And what do I need to do to, be to get to where they need to be? Because sitting on a couch is not going to help. You know, not educating, because a lot of it has to do with education, too. Um, I don't have an MBA. I don't have a master's degree. All I have is a bachelor's degree. But, you know, I hone my skill in the streets. And a lot of it was reading. You know, you, you got to know your competition, too. You have to know exactly, you know, because some, like I said, there's 7 billion people in the world. Somebody out there is in, is on the same journey as me. So to me, that was my motivation. You know, I didn't quit. I didn't go get a W two like everybody else. I said, you know what? I can, I can actually do this. And was one once I got my, you know, the books, the personal development, the courses because I paid for a lot of courses, some good, some bad. But you know, it's all a learning lesson in the business, right? But that's that's after I failed twice because people look at me like, oh man. I say, you like, know you know what? You know how hard it, it took. You know, a lot of like losing money. You know, things like. All stuff went wrong too, and that's the thing. Like, unfortunately, when you go on, you know, online and you hear people about our podcast, no one ever talks about defeat. You're never going to hear about, oh man, I lost this, or I lost my my apartment, or I lost my car. You know, sometimes you would hear it, but it's never in a way that people would resonate. You know, and you know when people say, oh, you know, don't do this, don't do that, like, oh, when you're teaching someone, you also got to tell them about the bad stuff. You got to tell them what you, what they may be in for. You got to tell them, okay, avoid this decision, but make sure you watch out for these these uh, these uh, red flags because they're all there. Each client is going to have a red flag and they're all the same. You have enough money? Nope. Oh, I don't have a budget for that. Well, if you can't pay your bill, why would you take a person out as a client? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure you've taken classes on how to price properly, you know, on how to run a bit, how to scale accounting 101, you know, and eventually you said, okay, I'm gonna start this business. And again, like me, you scale beyond yourself. A business ain't gonna grow if it's just one person. That's impossible. Unless you have like a like a very unique skill set that no one else in the world has, which is, you know, to me that doesn't exist. I think that's you know, anyone you can do, you just gotta figure it out. Then you transfer that knowledge and then you grow like that. I'm all about scaling up because that's the only way a business is gonna be successful when you can not only scale up your workforce, but now guess what you do? You charge for everybody in the company. And most clients who are about their business, they're scared. If you come in there by yourself, they won't be afraid. But if you come in there with a team, then they're gonna feel more comfortable because they're gonna say, well, if it's not you, then someone else got your back. And I, that, you know, that lesson was very apparent to me 10 years ago. I thought I could scale by myself, but that, no, nah, <laughs> definitely not. And I was very lucky to have somebody tell me that. And that's why I made some changes. And you'd be surprised. Making very incremental small changes can result in a massive shift in not only mindset, but also revenue.
0: That's sound advice across the board. I think experience is the best teacher in many instances, especially in this industry, but in business, because there's some entrepreneurial And entrepreneurship type classes that are out there, but you know, I I'm a firm believer in it's like you're either entrepreneur or you're not. You can be a business owner, but to have an entrepreneurial spirit takes a different type of person. Well, I mean,
1: there's a lot of business owners out there in my mind. They call themselves business owner, but if you're not making no money, then it's a hobby.
0: That part definitely that part. Okay,
1: you could be a business
0: owner, but there's
1: no money coming in, so. Is that really a business or are you just trying to pray that you're going to make enough money to take care of your family? And I'm not, I'm not talking about the, the up and coming. I'm talking about once you've been in business, what, three, five years? Because after five years, in my opinion, because normally business fail in the, net, in the first five years, you know, that I've, and I've seen it. But again, the the inability to want to, to move past, you know, yourself, that to me is the biggest mistake people can make, especially if you have a family to take care of, you know, you don't want to be, working a W-2 and a business, because it's hard, because you have to pick one at some point. You know, we've all been there. Like you said, my, my business was making more than I was making in a year. What's the point of you staying a teacher at that point, working for somebody else, or even a school system, or whether it was that or anything else? If you're making more in your business and you're making in a W-2 job, why would you stay in a W-2 job? For the health insurance? For what? You, you could buy that. At, this, at that point, if you're making good money in your business. You could buy a health plan for you and your family. It's no different than what the employers are doing. They're just paying less because it's a whole group plan. Or if you have a spouse that that has a W-2, again, nothing wrong with that. So make that very clear, nothing wrong with that. Jump on his health plan and then you don't need it because now his stuff is covering the fam. And you can just keep moving up until, you know, and then once, you know, that's, that's, that's what I always recommend people who have spouses. Get on their health plan so you don't have to pay for that.
0: What do you think holds entrepreneurs back from taking that leap of faith to leave their job?
1: Fear. That's the one thing I would say is fear. Because think about it, right? You don't know where your paycheck's going to come from. You get paid every two weeks like clockwork, 52 weeks in a year, right? You know, regardless of whether you work or not, you don't get your paycheck, right? But when you And then and, and you don't have to do, all you got to do is do what's, what's written in the job description. That's all you got to do, right? And what your supervisor tells you to do, When you're in a business yourself, you have to go out there and get that client. You got to make sure that you have enough runway to survive in your business for about a year. So you're out there hunting. There's not anybody going to bring that meat to your table. They're not going to bring the animal to you for you to slice and dice. Okay, here's my part of it. I'm good. Now you got to go out there and hunt yourself. And if you don't go out there and hunt, you're going to sit around doing nothing and nothing going to come to you. That's why people are afraid because they're like, well, dad, I got to do all that work. They don't want to do the work it takes. To make the kind of money that they want to make, thinking the raises are going to help them, it's not. No, you only get three percent raise, five percent raise now. For some folks, that's okay. But the opportunity, uh, entrepreneurship is not for everybody. There's people who are not built for it. Some people want the security of a job, and that's all they care about. And it's okay. You know, it's not for everybody. But for those who don't want to do that, who feel that they could do better, then yes, they got to get over the fear part of it. Even when I coach people on how to get their government contracts. There, a lot of them are like, "Oh, I have a W-2." So my question to them is, "Okay, so when's your end date for your job?" And I hear, "Well, I don't know." Are you serious? I'm like, Wait, "Why?" Well, you know, security—that's the first thing they tell me. So my thing is, if you're if you're worried about security, then why do entrepreneurship? Well, you know, I want to make more money for my family, and I get it—they got the vision, but they don't have the—they don't want to implement it. And again like i said earlier what do you want the golden years to look like do you really want to retire and depend on whatever social security is going to give you right which is nothing now because remember in 20 years gross is going to be more expensive gas to be more expensive you know that little 3 4k you might be getting in social security ain't gonna cover not much of anything unless you move somewhere where the cost of living is super low but why not bet on yourself Put that money into yourself, build that dream for yourself, make that money for yourself. So when you're in that, when the golden years come up, then you don't have to worry about it because you work hard the last 20, 30 years to get to where you want to be. You think Oprah's sitting they there sound about, well, you know, I'm hurting. No, she's not. <laughs> she ain't doing that. She did what she had to do. And you know who her mentor was? I may be wrong in it, but I believe it was Phil Donahue because he had a talk show way before she did, if you remember him
0: yes i remember phil donahue
1: he was on way before oprah was i know and i'm pretty sure she probably cut her teeth watching him and seeing how he rolled i don't know if it was a billionaire like her but you know every time you want to do it bigger and better
0: i love how you're tapping into various audiences on on this episode is the rising career professional the career professional that is literally juggling 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 not sure how to transition from their position or those individuals that are just living and operating in fear when you think about life if you're not thinking about your legacy 10 20 30 years 50 when you're gone from the planet then it's almost one of those things like what are you doing and i've noticed that some people don't necessarily have a vision for their lives like how do you what would you do to at least help a young person not Grow up and continue that way.
1: Well, I go back to parenting. Right, you can't learn what you've never been taught before. I repeat that you cannot learn what you've never been taught, especially if it's from your parents. Now, I was lucky, but not not everybody is. Not everyone had a uh, you know a uh, a parent that was running their own business or was business savvy. Not not many people have that, but there are mentors out there. You know. And to me, when it comes to kids, part of it is on them. Like you got to open your mouth and say, hey, I want to do what you do. Teach me. Because, like I said, information is just knowledge transfer. That's all it is. It's out there, it's in books, it's on video, it's on YouTube now. You know, even before we had social media, everything was all these information was captured in books. People took what they knew and put it in books. Now we have what uh, what's it called? Um, Kindle audiobooks. You don't want to read, put it on the tape, play it out. Put on a CD player or put in your put on a podcast, I don't know, something, but get the information. And you know, another good thing is journaling. I always tell people when, when I coach people, I say, look, write down your future 20 years from now and work backwards. If you're married, do you want to retire your spouse early? What do you want for the kids? What do you for you? What are your your goals and dreams for your daughter? You may have goals and dreams for her, but it's going to change as she gets older. She says, Mommy, this is what I want to do. At that point, you can say, okay, this is what we can do based on what you want to do. But the main thing is she's watching you now to see how you operate. And when she gets old, she'll say, you know, Mommy, you were never stressed out. Well, at least she can't. She won't be able to say it because she won't change to see it. But she's not going to see you. She's going to see you as a leader. And she's going to say mom i want to do that too it may be in something completely different but the leadership part is where you that should have seen from you how you impact other children and it's going to be the same for your students the ones who are learning under you now They say you know miss covington taught me this, this is why I him you never know you may have been you may teach an ex billionaire you never know you know but that that's what it is is it's teaching young folks and guiding them to what they want to do. I would never tell a kid go to college cuz they that may not be for them. Back in the day, we didn't have any when social media came out, that's when the world opened up. The world opened up when social media dropped in t- 2003. Because now you can reach people who you could have you couldn't have before. The old school way of social media was books. You write a book, you sell it. It's 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 you know and then copies published in Thailand, you know, something like that. That's how people made it back then. But now it could be on it's all online. So again, you know, with young people, you just gotta, to me, I would ask them, what do you want to do? But also it's exposure. Because again, you know, you can't learn what you haven't been taught. If a kid's not exposed to internships, and I'm talking about high school and college level, even elementary, I'm even as far as elementary school, take them to account. Let them see who they want to become. Let them experience the kind of person they want to become because without that, they're not going to know. And you can't blame a kid at 18 and tell them, I don't know what I want to do. It's not his fault, her fault. They just never, they were never exposed to it. So as parents, you know, I think that it's important for parents to, to really sit down with the kid, your child, you know, and say, what do you want to do? Now they may, they may not know, but if you expose them to as many things as possible, they may figure it out. And if they don't, then that's what college is for. Go figure out what you want to do.
0: You share like a lot of great insight for vast audiences. And I'm talking about people that's in the workforce collectively, period. Like this is about your state of mind as a working professional. And that's what I love about this. And most of the podcasts and the shows that I've had, you know, we spoke about a lot of intricate details based on individualized professions. But in this instance, you know, I feel like this has been probably the longest episode ever to the extent that I'm starting to believe this may need to be the grand finale of the summer series because it's wrapping everything up, you know, from entrepreneurship to really supporting others with understanding the importance of branding, mentorship, networking, and as a professional that's listening to this saying, you know what? I had a dream and I let my dream go, or I decided to suppress my dream for safety of what they thought was safe and nine to five. And then, like I say, you know, look at how the teachers are going through it right now. You know, the transition with the retro pay and we're talking about government. So. Wow. You know? My job is to
1: educate our own people. We got enough problems in this, as it is, you know. Whether it's here, Africa, any other country, that's all I'm trying to do. You know, we, I mean, like I said, and, and I'll be open to doing multiple podcasts about because this topic is very broad. And you know, I'm I will be more than happy to jump on this anytime you want if you want to do some topic we talk about that. But for me, my goal is to help our people. We got enough issues as it is, and I really would like to see us come together and build something like other ethnicity groups do ethnic groups do you know because i mean we're it's, it's a lot of us and we have a very vast collective financial bargaining power the problem is we 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 go to other ethnic cultures to spend our money when we could do it for ourselves and i see that even on my level professionally like you know with for example in our in our field you know, a government contracting, you know, we don't partner with each other and go after this stuff. We do it alone and, you know, it don't work. So, you know, why not be like those mega companies that partner with each other on other on the other side of the color spectrum and bid on things and, and work together and just build ourselves up? There's no reason why there can't be a black Facebook or or black LinkedIn or, you know, a, a, a Instagram that was built by you know, a person of our ethnic background. You hear all these titans of industry, you know, Oprah, Robert Robert Smith, a couple other folks, Cedric Nash, but, you know, you look at the, the Ford list, it's like three of us in there, and that's it. Why can't we have our own automotive industry or automotive dealer, like not dealership, brand? It could be like, I don't know, like VW that was built by us. You know, that's, and, and that's kind of how I'm looking at it. You know, I would love to see if some. if I hope before I pass a kid or somebody build something that's going to outlast themselves.
0: Beyond the classroom, I'm still encouraging people to really have a long-term, tangible goal to make a monumental impact in the world because again for me it's like if you're not doing that then what are you doing like exactly like what are you doing and it's not to judge anyone because everyone learns at a different speed different pace different rate but seriously to be consumers and to be comfortable with only consuming
1: you're right, but but that's that's unfortunately in, in society now, that is unfortunately uh, the issue a lot of problems is that unfortunately, consumerism is only one way we don't look at expansion, we don't look at how can we use our collective financial power to benefit us. Other cultures are doing it. And that's why they're there they are, you know. And it's not just here, that's in the continent, too. You know, um, when I was in Japan, it was very apparent, very apparent, you know, that we're, we're a super, super minority. And, you know, when you look at other cultures working together to advance, and we can't do that, that's kind of like, wow, really? So hopefully, you know, at least in my, my life, tomorrow, I hope I see a younger, I'd like... My goal would be if even if I can affect one kid who becomes like a, like a billionaire and they they like like I don't know start a business that's gonna super outlast them like they can start the first black car brand that goes like like goes all the way rivals like Toyota, Volkswagen. You know what I'm saying? But we don't have that. We're buying other people's product, but we haven't built our own, and that's another thing. You know we gotta support each other too. I'd love to see a black NFL owner or a black, somebody like a black version of Phil Knight who starts a shoe company and starts, you know, use it to, to, to advance the, 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 you know, us, especially their generation. That's why we like what you're doing in your class where you're like, okay, all y'all is gonna start a business because you never know. One of those kids going, you're not saying not all of them, but someone's gonna move, take it to the next level. And, you know, it would be, I would love to hear their commencement speech when they're giving it a call say, yeah, Sinead Covington was my mentor. I was in her class. And you and I are sitting there at like 80 listening to that kid who was talking about how you are the reason why they're where they are. Because the business that you told them to start, they took it and ran with it. And then guess where they are now? Giving a commencement speech at a university probably their alma mater.
0: That's beautiful to hear that because I can see that so vividly. The first year I was teaching at the high school of Graphic Communication Arts in New York, it was a specialized high school. And unfortunately, they changed the name. And that first year teaching, I was embraced for my skill set, not necessarily my degrees. My degrees had nothing to do with my content area. It was 100% based on my experience I had with developing a marketing company. And then it was an executive consultancy. I had a couple entities that I launched when I was in college. And then I wound up being in radio. And when I got to New York, New York certified me in media communications for a teacher license. I have a whole master's degree in special education, a bachelor's degree in nonprofit management. And I wound up teaching marketing and advertising based on my experience and got certified in radio production. And New York opened the door for me to go into a CTE high school. And I went straight in audio, video production, marketing, and advertising. And I was in the academy. And what was great about that experience was as soon as students walked in, they said, what do you want me to learn and why? And I was like, well, marketing and advertising is super important. You can use it in the real world. And they was challenging me to answer how was it like anything else than that they, you know, how was it different from any other class they had? And I remember one of the students had an ankle bracelet. He had a parole officer. I mean, I believe it was a probation officer and he could not stay in class long. So he was like, I got to go. I got to deal my P.O., So let's make this class great. So I, you know, I kind of just stepped back and said, what do y'all want to learn?
2: Exactly. And
0: and the students was like, what do you mean? I don't want to do anything. I just want to get my grade and go on. I said, but I have been assigned as a teacher and you've been assigned as a student. So the world says this is the classroom where learning needs to happen. And look, we don't have to read the books. You know, I literally told them if they just tell me what they want to learn, I will teach it to them. I had a lot of experience. And being that I had a master's in special ed, it allowed me to differentiate. So that's the extent of how I used that degree and, and identify different learning styles, which was very beneficial. So when I, you know, and being a, at the time being an elective or being in a, a, a CTE course, normally it would be the school would just throw all the students at you. So I would have 35 to 50 kids or whatever it may be. But in this case, it was a specialized high school and once they started telling me that all they want to learn how to do is make money, I said, well, look, I can help you do that.
1: Do you know why they say that? I want to learn how to make money.
0: They said they need to learn how to make money because a lot of them needed to feed their family. They have responsibilities that most children don't have. So... I said, well, I'm not going to play games with you guys. We're going to make it happen. And I told them they need to brand their classroom and convert it to a student-run business. And they're going to compete with all the classes. And I had six different classes. And every single class converted into a brand. And I remember them like Lightwork. We had Skylight, Fourth Edition. Like, I will never forget. This is my first year. And I taught them how to build the business. And literally every weekend, they were doing bake sales. They was doing holiday sales. They did a St. Patrick's Day bake sale. They was doing events. I told them how to streamline, like... They went through all the logistics. We had the manager, the CEO. And CDMA Business Model is an experiential learning company, but a lot of what we do was based on the research from my thesis statement back in college, which was great. It was based on bridging the alliance between corporate America and youth and supporting them, meeting them where they were to maximize their God-given talents, to be honest. And yeah. so I guess the, the conclusion of this story is really... When they started to see how they was making money with absolutely nothing but a logo, once they made the logo and people started doing pre-orders, they were convinced, okay, they got this. I have videos to this day where it was time at the end of the cycle, towards the end of the semester, towards the end of the year, I would teach them how to go out of business. And the emotions were very real. It was like students arguing over how they don't want to leave this spot, this moment in time. They don't want to go out of business. Why do they have to go out of business? And some students was like, because it's supposed to be a class and we have to move on. Some people like, but I'm the CEO. We made thousands of dollars like, for the school club that we run. That's but now that's
1: real, though. That's real.
0: And so we always had a celebration party. I always had a success cake. I have videos on the success cake where all the companies that were competing come together to say one thing they are proud of each other about. And the money was always used for the school. Like the school had it in a school club for the kids. So the kids school club fund was based on paying their senior dues, their graduation. It was such a blessing. And I've literally done that for the past 12 years. I guess what I'm saying is for me, it was at a point where I'm making a difference, but it needed to be beyond the scope of the classroom. And there we have CDMA business model that started to afford and extend these opportunities to others, but to build the platform in a situation where it wasn't to be mitigated when going to other locations, that part took a lot of effort because you cannot manufacture authenticity.
1: No, you can't. The other thing I wanted to ask you was, have you ever had students build a business with the intent to sell it? Cause that's the one thing that people don't think about, like creating a business just for the sole purpose of selling it in the future.
0: I did, I actually had them work on acquisitions (laughs) Uh, and become a subsidiary. The actual, the school that I was at in DC, um, Mm. in audio video production, particularly at Jackson Reed High School, they had a merger where there was one huge media conglomerate and the others became subsidiaries. Oh, I
1: like that. Yeah, I remember this one kid, uh, I was mentoring them uh, through the uh, CTE program Mm -hmm internship last summer um, and he told me same situation he had to feed his family but the thing that got me was he said I want to learn how to do this so I don't I don't want to put my kids through what I went through and this kids only like 16 years old now that's foresight right there
0: you know what I love about this I can take it back to when I first came to school in DC I was teaching at Kelly Miller Middle School in Ward 7 and the young people were 10 11 12 13 and they actually still created and launched the business in their classroom. Everybody was absolutely surprised. They created mobile apps. One of them was called Running to Kelly Miller. And they created the character from scratch. It was downloadable. And the competition between those businesses was the it was a mission completed operation. I'm sorry Mission completed was one of the student-run companies. It was a tech company. It was in competition with Straight Outta Bakery, and Straight Outta Bakery was a company that sounded like a bakery, but it never sold goods. It was a a healthy eating awareness company, so they only made songs about Straight Outta Bakery, Straight Outta Bakery. But it was a, it was a record label, so we literally had the students go all the way to ninety three point nine WKYS trying to get their record played. And but these kids were like eleven. CEOs. and So every time observations came, that's one thing about education that people fail to understand sometimes when you're evaluating career technical education teachers or just individuals that would be similar to me in nature. And I only say that because on a live episode of Great Day Washington, Staples Corporate surprised me with a grant for my class, but then extended over $110,000 to teachers in the district that would do anything remotely close to what I did in my classroom on live TV. Staples Corporate sort of vision. And they was looking for other teachers that were doing the kind of work that I was doing. But there's no real evaluation system for teachers like us. It was never a real evaluation system holistically that was going to support us on how we maximize supporting our students. And I say that to say, God bless teachers and all those that are truly dedicated to this work. But most of all, we have to recognize the importance of handling our business. Yeah, I agree. Because if we streamline our business to make it plain and clear, even the scripture says, make your vision plain and clear so others can see and like really understand, or they cannot help you. And again, being the CEO of an experiential learning company is a very intentional task. Some entrepreneurs could literally say, I'm going to sell lemonade. And I definitely respect anyone that has the best lemonade ever that they've made. But it's very different from having an experiential learning company that's servicing four different variables that affects the decision-making process in clusters, such as businesses, parents, government, in addition to community at large. And they say Rome wasn't built in a day, but I tell you, I feel those sentiments because this agency has a lot that we legitimately put into our service line, our product line. And we're a service and product-based company, Mm -hmm. which, which I always talk to students about too, because you have to figure out when are you gonna be able to say when? And I I strongly agree with you on the idea of you definitely need a team. And I am blessed to have a team, but that came in time. The team couldn't get the vision until I made it plain and clear, right? So it's a process, you have to work on you. And then you have to recognize where you are. And I'm always looking for opportunities to work with others that are not just like-minded, but those that really just intentionally want others to grow. So I really thank you for this conversation, your expertise.
1: So 8-0 for me is my government contracting company um, but I actually branched off and started year one Academy, which is teaching people um, how to how to get into the government because I didn't I, you know you kind of have to uh, sometimes you gotta cut it cut it in half, you know what I mean so that's you know I, that, I did the same thing you know uh, the, my the coaching and, and uh, teaching part of the business now is completely it's under a very different completely separate um, entity at this point.
0: So I'm gonna definitely close out with um Messie Diabois Rejon Le Spectacle. Spectac. Uh, le spectacle. Um I really appreciate you being here. I am thankful. You're a fellow board member, you're the co-chair of the industry advisory board. I'm actually honored to be a part of the RC the RC advisory board, which for oh,
1: was- you. We we needed you. <laughs> so yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs>
0: This is such a blessing, and thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. And this is the CTE Experience. know where I'm love my told me get it in. Even though was me, state early what it was to find family through a friend's lord knows. did, nothing, did nothing, no. here, just watch me do my thing